Hello, my name is Sarah and this is The Suplex. gentlemen and welcome to this week's edition of the suplex podcast it's sarah here again coming into your ears and hopefully not annoying you this is why you're here and listening to this you're subscribing to this and this is why you love this podcast this week's episode is going to be with ashley dunn now ashley you've seen working up and down the uk scene but we're going to talk a little bit about his background and when he started out in the business in backyard wrestling and how that changed him, how he met up with the likes of Will Ospreay and how he became the Ashy Dunn that you know today. Now sit back, grab your cup of tea and listen to this episode of the Suplex podcast. Speak to you soon. Guys, I know I said I'd let you go and we'll go get into this episode and we'll make sure you've got your cup of tea and you're ready to listen in. But just a quick note before we get started on this one. Um, this episode with Ashley was recorded a couple of weeks ago now, maybe even a little bit longer. So obviously, I mentioned we mentioned in there and we talk about people who are running shows. Slightly inaccurate because obviously there's been other promotions that have been running since. I've also edited this episode slightly. I haven't changed the actual content of the stories that Ashley tells. However, there's a couple of names that were mentioned during speaking out that may still be included in this episode. This is just a fair warning to let you know because I don't want anyone to be upset by the contents of this episode and I won't be offended in the slightest if you stop listening at this point. If you do, I hope to see you back next week in our next episode. However, I want to make sure that you are fair warned. Back to the episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you very much for joining me tonight on the next episode of The Suplex. My guest this evening is the wonderful Minesweeper, Ashley Dunn. How are you, my friend? I am very well, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad, my friend. How how has um, the world been treating you at the moment? Um, You know what? I'm actually going to say good. As much as, you know, lockdown Mm -hmm. three, three we're in now, right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) And all that kind of jazz. Things things are going well. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had our little pre-recording chat of uh, the way that Willow and my daughter's been recently, but that's just how life is. I'm sure anybody else that has children will know exactly what I want about the fact that, you know, tonight she was a pain getting down. Yesterday mm-hmm. she was fine. The day before that she was bad, but it's just one of those things. But um, apart from that, things are, things are going well. Things are looking the way that I want them to look. She's nearly a year old now, isn't she? She's over. She is over. Is she? She is. Yes, she was one on the 12th of January. Oh, bless her. Just over one year. How has that been? Like, you really, like, struck, well, I would say struck gold because obviously with everything that's been going on in the world at the moment, yeah, I'm assuming that's allowed you to spend a lot more time with it's, Willow. It has. It has definitely, you know, I mean, it's the, the whole thing is crazy. Um you know, when we had Willow in January, of course, last year, the whole first few cases had just come across. And I remember turning to Shan, we were up at Shan's parents' house and we were just like, me and her mum were just like, ah, you know, it's only a few cases, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> a year later and a year later. No, 
you know, the whole, the world's gone to a standstill and all that kind of jazz. But um, mm. yeah, you know what? I, I got made furloughed as well. So I pretty much spent the whole time with my two mm-hmm. girls, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. You know, I've got to spend so much time with them and got to see Willow growing up so much mm. that I'm sure lots of people, not to say they, they won't get to see, but of course, where everyone's working jobs and stuff like that, they'll be... Yeah times that they don't get to spend so i don't know what it's actually going to be like when i finally go back to work and i'm not going to be here as much so i don't know if we're oh, going to be like where's dad all the time but um uh-huh. but yeah i mean overall you know it has been tough i think it's been tough nearly for everybody uh mm-hmm. in covid and the lockdowns and everything but always trying to kind of look at the positives as much as you mm-hmm. can and uh you know not gonna lie it has been weird not wrestling for yeah to a year so it's it's strange it's really strange is this your longest break from wrestling mm, i mean it, it all depends it all depends on like if we're going to count backyard wrestling as wrestling um part of your career mate so we'll, we'll, we'll I mean, plan it i mean if we're going to plan it then no this wouldn't be the longest um <laughs> i think between i think it was like between 2010 is when i kind of stopped properly yard in and i think it might be i don't know i mean i've always had like looking back at it now i've always had like stops and starts of wrestling somehow so when mm-hmm. i stopped doing like the proper yarding stuff i think it might be like a year or a year and a half later that i ended up going to rcwa underground mm-hmm. um and then i was there with like will and all them lot for a little while then i stopped uh and then a few years later i kind of found that there was a training school in milton Keynes, and the promotion was called south midlands wrestling i think it was called mm-hmm. a guy called sean forgot what his last name was but he they they ran out of milton Keynes, and i went to a few of their training sessions and then i then i stopped because i had a job at curry's <laughs> so i had a new job at curry's and i just couldn't couldn't train because yeah. of like i think training was on sundays and i was pretty much mm-hmm. working every sunday so i stopped doing that um i went to a Southside show in bedford where will was at Mm-hmm. and after the show like ended up chatting to will we were just like dude like come back to wrestling like come back to yarding and whatnot like come back to rcwa you know we're, we're doing it in the the little church hall yeah um this was before it like the indie stuff like, i think they were, i think they were running their indie shows but this was like mm-hmm. the underground stuff again um and i was just like eh, eh, go on then so like me and a few lads we kind of went down there and it was fun to be able to wrestle in a ring and all that kind of stuff um and then yeah, and then I found out that there was a training school in Milton Keynes, and then the rest is history, I guess. Really? But yeah, like to answer your question, I think somewhere in between those little gaps is probably the mm-hmm. longest that I haven't wrestled. Okay. But uh, yeah, it is, it is like, I think this time around it's more odd because yeah. the last time it was all through my own choice, my own choice of going, don't really want to wrestle, or, you know, oh, I've got a job that, you know, it's paying my wages but this time around it's just a straight up i can't <laughs> i can't yeah, wrestle no one can <laughs> no you yeah. know i mean fair play to to like rev pro have done their shows which i mm. don't know like they've whatever measures they've taken sweet um i don't know has anybody else ran shows icw i think have done the few tapings that's about it that i'm yeah. aware of anyway but it's been very sort of low key, very under the radar. Um, you know, I don't know when Andy did his tapings at Red Pro, but fair play. Like I, I've heard of, um, you know, they've been 
they've been secure enough. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. not heard of anyone coming out with COVID afterwards. So as long as people can do it in a safe and secure manner, then I'm all for it really. Yeah, definitely. And because I know that like before RevPro did theirs, Kelly Six, Josh, like messaged a load of us being like, right guys, we, we're going to have to get in on this before like RevPro do. We need to do like the whole, mm. um, you know, when Will did that, um, the sh- him and B did that show down in, I forgot what the venue was. Oh, you know, it's the no fans one the no right fans before one. lockdown happened yeah yes and when everyone like donated and i think i sp- mm. i didn't speak to chuck but i think um josh tommy like they made like the lads like overall it worked out a massive positive for everyone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so josh was just like all right we need to do something like this where you know fans can watch it and donate how much they want to do and i think he found a barn somewhere in ipswich to do the show and then i think just as like his that idea was coming i don't think like i know that shan wasn't too pleased if i was going to do it just because like still you know there is always going to be a chance that you could catch it and you don't know where people have been and it mm-hmm. it was a case where i think a few of the the people that were approached of it just said look i don't think it's time to do it yet i don't think mm-hmm. it's safe enough which uh fair enough and as far as more josh never did it in the end but um mm-hmm. that's the last thing you want is you know it's, even though you're being safe and everyone's saying they're being safe, you just never know. Yeah, it's you a think risk. You're fine, but you might not be fine, and then you might pass it to someone else that passes it on to, you know, the amount of people in my family. I mean, I've got two uncles that are on were on the shielding list. Shan's mum mm-hmm. was on the shielding list, and other family members. And it's just like it's mm. not it's not worth the risk until everything no. goes back to normal. It's really not. No, I get you. I completely get you on that. No, I understand. So you mentioned backyard wrestling. Yeah. How and when did that start? Like, how did you get into yarding? Like, because uh, like you're not the first, and you probably won't oh. ever be the last wrestler who get into yarding. Like, Will's no. been very open about his backyarding past, for example. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like Will being so open about it has probably helped other yarders that are now in NXT UK. Um, there's some I'm trying to like rack. I mean, even not not even just British yarders, even American, the amount of women, mm. um, some of the top guys in AEW, I'm pretty sure were once yarders. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, there's some other lads that have been signed by NXT in America that are like yarders as well. But uh, yeah, I think it, I mean, when I was starting, like, I started backyard wrestling in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into it through one of my friends, like one of my best school friends. Um, we used to, like both lovely like he introduced me to wrestling and we used to watch um what was it sunday night heat on channel oh yes Four. um so that that would be like our only or oh, i'll tell you what actually tell a lie my fix of wrestling when i was younger was wcw on a friday on channel five. Oh, i'm adamant like i'm 100 percent sure i've spoken to a few other people and everyone's always kind of like oh but i'm adamant it was on channel five Mm. on a friday night and it was really it was really weird because i remember like the first half of it would be thunder or like three quarters of it would be thunder and then the Mm -hmm. last quarter of an hour would just be like the main event of nitro yes i do remember that because i i I can even remember see my my education into wrestling re-education into wrestling was this is even before that was when cartoon network was on and yes after after cartoon network finished for the day it went on to tnt and the first thing that used to always be on 
was Nitro or Thunder. Yeah. And this is sort of like the the late 90s sort of period of time. And that was my, and then obviously it came to Channel 5 and more mainstream UK sort yeah. of stuff. But that was that was my re-education. So don't, don't worry, it did exist. You're not, you're not, you've not had one too many yard shots. It's fine. You, you know, it's, it definitely did happen. Yeah. But how, um, how, how did, how was yard? Like, obviously, um, like how would you compare it to maybe some stuff that you've seen in pro wrestling? What's been the major differences? Well, first of all, when I first started yarding, um, it was literally a tarpauling on the ground with four metal sticks and a piece of rope as the ropes, <laughs> should we say. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I could probably talk about yarding for hours on end, so I'll try and, <laughs> like, condense as much as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I mean... The, I'll quickly go back to the way I got introduced into it was mm. the fact that um, like yeah my mate Adam he used to do backyard wrestling like he found a group of mates um, that also lived in the village and they by the by the lake that was in the village so I used to live uh, they made like this little ring base which was made out of tarpauling tires crates plastic and it was, it was like in this summer I used to go down there with him and like me and the other few of the guys you know we'd all just muck about well once again None of us are professionally trained. It's just whatever we've seen on television and we can try our best at. So that was like the ring, the ring base that they made was like proper comfy, proper bouncy. So then months down the line, uh, December came and then they're just like, look, Ashley, why don't you actually have like a proper match at a proper show? And I was just like, yeah, sure. So then I go down and then I found out that they just stripped everything. So literally all was left was the tarpaulin, like a really scabby, moldy tarpaulin. And the ropes and everything and it was just bumping on ground and to be honest majority of like the first few years of yarding it was just on the ground in a field somewhere hmm. and um one of the crazy things was like at the same time as like we were wrestling on ground in america america kind of like stepped their game up the amount of prom- like i say promotions i'm gonna have to use the word promotion because i don't really know what else hmm. to groups or federations whatever like i kind of feel like the americans had more money and they were able to either build themselves rings like proper rings mm-hmm. or buy themselves rings so they were always like a step ahead of us and then i went roughly about 2004 i joined like this kind of super backyard promotion should we say with like all mm-hmm. the best guys throughout the country um in just outside of luton and it was in a gym sports hall but it was mm-hmm. just like you know like the judo mats like the little yep, thin yep almost like the mats that you would have on the outside of like a professional wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. That is our ring. Just a load of them all kind of taped together and that's it. So you're, you're bumping on something that has no give. Mm. There is there's no like, like when people bump, I mean, I've bumped on plenty of rings. I've gone, oh, that's stiff. But then part of me thinks you bumped on ground for many years and you bumped on judo mats on a hard concrete floor for <laughs> even longer so whoever's wherever yeah. you're bumping on now is still much luxury much <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah and you know so definitely like one of the i've I spent so many years i was saying like bumping on hard floors and muddy fields and stuff like that so comparing it to you know a ring is <laughs> and you said yeah. bumping in a ring is a luxury it doesn't matter even if it's a stiff ring it's just like I've had worse, I've had way worse. But, um, Do you think that that torment has helped or hindered you in terms of like being a wrestler? Like obviously I understand that sort of bumping on the floor is 
not great for the joints and for the body, but in the sense of, do you think that maybe has toughened you up a little bit? I think, I think in ways, yes, it has. Um, I mean, especially over the, like the first few years that I was kind of doing professional wrestling, I was landing on my neck quite a lot, like unnecessary things that you wouldn't normally neck bump on. I would Mm. neck bump on. Mm. And um, I kind of feel like maybe my time, doing backyard wrestling has toughened my body up ever so slightly but um <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just sometimes i think to myself i'm just like would my body be in a lot better shape now if i had cut all that backyard wrestling out and no, never did any of that yeah <laughs> because sometimes mm. like especially like if i'm standing with willow and i'm, I'm kind of rocking her and i'm just like my spine's on fire mm. like even even silly things like even doing sit-ups like my spine is literally feeling like it's on fire and i'm just like well is that to do with rest like backyard wrestling is it to do with me landing on my head a few times like too many times mm. or my neck a few times but i don't know part of me feels that maybe there were some things like in backyard wrestling i probably shouldn't have done bump wise mm-hmm. but um yeah i guess i guess it has because mm. it has toughened me up a wee bit <laughs> <laughs> what's been the worst injury you've suffered Oh gosh. Right. So in like overall, I'm not sure if you can see, I don't think you can, but like my collarbone here sticks mm-hmm. out. Let me look. It might look a bit weird. My collarbone here sticks out way more yep. than this one does. Because what happened was I, this was in Yarden, I gave someone an arm breaker, which is kind of ironic in a way. And I didn't break my arm. <laughs> I know I didn't break my arm, but like uh, I gave someone an arm breaker, but I was stupid enough to. What I did was I held his hand. So to say this is my hand, that's his, his hand. I held his hand like that and then had my arm around his arm. Right. And what happened was as I went back, rather than having my hand over, so that if I land, mm-hmm. the, the ground's just land there. What I did was I had my hand like that and I went backwards. The first point of impact is here. So elbow, what happened yeah. was, as it hit the elbow, my collar just went and fractured Ow. right out. And I was just like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, and I was like, I ended up like rolling. I say rolling out of the ring. Once again, no ropes. It's just like, <laughs> gym mat, like gym mats on the floor. And going to the toilet because I was just like, I had to figure out what was going on because there was like this little... Um, <laughs> um, like this little kind of toilet in the side room. And so mm-hmm. I remember someone like hearing someone say, "Oh, I think you, I think you needed a mid-match piss." And I'm just like, "Not collarbones no. like poking out." <laughs> yeah. So um, so like finished the like did I finish the match? No, I think we stopped the match. And then like one of my friends, Dave, was like looking at it and going, "Right, Ashley, give me a second. What I'm gonna do?" And, like he got his fist like right in front of my um my collarbone. He's like, "Right, I can see it's popped out. I'm gonna." smash it back into place i'm just like no no no, you're you're not touching it you're not touching it at all um so yeah so we left it and then i didn't go to a and e that day i think i went to a and e the next day and then they did a few x-rays and they gave me like a what's it called a sling to wear for a wee Mm -hmm. while uh and then i was back wrestling again in like two months which i probably shouldn't have been but uh yeah, that's probably that's probably my, my worst injury I've ever had. I did fr- uh, sh- sprain my ankle once in a match in Milton Keynes, mm-hmm. which was that was pretty sore. Um, apart from that, you know what? 
I've actually been pretty lucky throughout. Mm. I mean, they said I started yarding in 2003. It's now 2021. <laughs> so how many mm-hmm. years is that? Enough. <laughs> Plenty. Too many. Plenty. Plenty. So you know what? Mm. Overall, they're, being, they're probably the two worst. And, I'm, you know, you see some guys that do the smallest of things or just tiny little accidents happen and some are out for ages. And, mm-hmm. I mean, don't really want to use this as an example, but Lycos, you know, yep. didn't he have a few, like, injuries? And, you know, he's out. Mm. And I kind of, like, part of me feels sorry for him because, you know, I've done all these years of stupid shit and touch wood i've been been fine so far and hopefully i'll be fine in the future but you know you see other guys that do small things and they're out for ages and it's Mm. just but yeah i guess it's as silly as it sounds it's one of those things that is expected in a way like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be expected it shouldn't happen but these things can happen we're in a Mm -hmm. sport where these things can happen but yeah i think for my injury though that was just purely my fault for just being (laughs) doing it wrong but yeah it's just these things happen they do they do indeed so you obviously were in the wonderful world of backyard in like and you mentioned that will you were a south side show and will sort of said come back come back to doing um wrestling um and you started training um when did you make what you'd class as your professional wrestling debut so i would probably say because so I, I started going training, I think it was November 2015 is mm-hmm. when I found like a, a, a lad that he, like I used to be in a band. That's like one of the reasons why I stopped wrestling for ages because I was in a band and like I played lots of shows in Milton Keynes and there was a guy there that he was, I think he was like works for like a, an online magazine. Mm-hmm. And like I had him on Facebook and he turned around one day. It was just like, hey, dude, like I saw that, you know, you used to do back at wrestling stuff. Did you know there's a training school in Milton Keynes? I was like, no, I, I didn't. Like there used to be one that I, I went to, like I literally had like three or four sessions with and I didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were called originally, those guys were TAW. But yeah, like I found out that, you know, there was this Hope Milton Keynes school that had started and, and they'd, uh, done like this little kind of trailer video of like oh you know why you should come and train in Milton Keynes at Hope mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so me and my friend Billy we were just like screw it let's go let's see how it is and we went and you know what it, it was fantastic it was brilliant so my first training session was November and then my first proper professional match uh, was January mm-hmm. so like I think in a way it might have upset one or two of the boys that had been training for quite a while there there was like don't hold me to this don't get me mm-hmm. wrong i like jay garner you know of course we we've had all our bits and bobs in ipw but uh he was kind of like lined up to be like the high flying lad that you know was i don't want to say like the face because like myself nor jack were like the face but he was supposed to be kind of like the one that everyone was going to like look out for so then they had their first show i want to say either in november before i started or october so then I came in in November, the, the next show was in January and already I was kind of like pushed in there, like yeah. put in, put in like the the show. And then I think it was like the show afterwards, I was against Ryan Smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the show after that, I'm pretty sure I was against Osprey. 
Mm-hmm. So I think for a few of the lads that were there was a bit kind of like, oh, brilliant. Okay, so someone just literally swanned in, <laughs> already got booked for the January show, and then the next yeah. two shows afterwards, he's getting big guys. But I think, like, I remember speaking to it was either Paddy or I forgot who it was, but I was just like, I have all the knowledge from, I say knowledge, all the stuff that I've learned from backyard. But when I came into professional wrestling, it was... I think it might have been actually Cy Gregory. He was just like, he described it as like a steak, but it's now putting the seasoning on the steak, if that makes mm. sense. So I knew what yeah. was what I was doing and everything and how to bump and how to plan matches and how to do this and how to do that. But it's when I then started properly training, it was how to properly run ropes. Because of course, like I spent the majority, yes. I mean, I had I had wrestled in a ring, um, but it's just knowing how to properly wrestle in a ring, how to actually properly have movement around the ring. Mm-hmm. And just even small things that I didn't know before, I now know um, yeah. that, you know, wasn't being given to me, like trained, well, not say trained, but like taught to me through mm-hmm. my time in backyard. But yeah, so January was my official debut for who, professional wrestling. Who did you face? So I was in a triple threat against Jay Garner and uh, El Jefe was his name, was the other guy. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it was, it was fun. It was mm-hmm. a fun little match. I remember Paddy um, sent the match off to one of his friends. Oh, I'm trying to figure out what they were. They weren't the Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh, I'm not sure if you can remember them. They fabulous both were... Boy- Baker Boys. Yeah, it was Fabulous Baker Boys. Boys. Yeah. Bakewell mm. Boys, that's it. Mm. Um, I think he sent it off to one of them and one of them like absolute, like absolutely like tore in not don't think like in a horrible way tore into it but he was just like that doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense so for me because i think i more than likely planned the match out i still had like that backyard mentality of planning Mm. where not to say that backyard matches was never like a story or you know like didn't make sense because a lot of the guys that had the better knowledge of wrestling could but for me and especially with the way that you know Jay was quite a, let's say, a green wrestler. And same with Wes, who was El Jefe. You know, mm-hmm. they, they were still new in it. For me, I just wanted to make it as easy as possible, but still mm-hmm. kind of doing that kind of fast-paced indie style in a way. Yeah. I know it is indie yeah. wrestling, but it, it's more like, no, once again, no offense to anybody else on the card, but nobody else on the card was doing that kind of stuff. Yep. So that's why I wanted to kind of get into it. So I can imagine why when Paddy's friend could have looked at when that doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. I think the way that we kind of looked at was, should we just go out there and just do a load of crazy stuff for the sake of doing crazy stuff? Yeah. yeah. Go on then. Why not? Why not? Which, uh, I, which I think. I can see why. I can see I why. So you've been, you were, you were with hope for quite, um, and you had still been with hope for quite a long uh, time. Obviously they gave you your, your pro start, shall we say. Yeah. Um, and obviously you, you have wrestled um, quite a few places around um, the UK, um, RCWA wrestling, obviously, um, Red Pro, uh, Hope, DOAs, uh, Sacrifice Pro, Southside, to name a few, Riptide yeah. um, as well. Um, what what would you say has been some of your favourite matches? Like if you could pick some of those matches over your time, um, what would you say some of your favourites have been? Well, you know what? It's such a difficult question because like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I've had so many matches, but, you know, mm. I've had quite a lot. And there's, there's, there's few that, you know, I kind of go, oh, that was, that was pretty fun. Oh, that was pretty fun. 
Um, mm. One, like the two that I can definitely name off the top of my head, mm-hmm. um, were neither of them running. Were uh, neither of them were in England. One of them yep. was uh, against, of course, Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want people to think that I'm up Will's ass because mm. it, it might sound like. But the thing is, Will. I mean, I've known Will for years and years and years and years and years. And to see Will go from skinny little lad that literally everyone in backyard used to take the piss out of him. And I'll tell you why they used to take the piss out of him because people were jealous of him. And I will happily put my hands up in the air and say that I was one of the people that were jealous of him um, because he was good. He was absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic even back then. And um, I mean, people were jealous of him because he had a ring in his garden. So he was able to, you know, just figure out this style like that he does now, like so quickly. And he used to like have pro gear quite a lot. And he went into training like at such a young age, like wherever it was. And that's, that's why he's as big as he is now. And that's why he has such an incredible knowledge for wrestling Mm -hmm. and like fluidity and everything. But yeah, it was against Will um, in Milan for a promotion called Rising Sun Pro Wrestling, Mm -hmm. which are, in my opinion i mean i'm going to be very biased about this because fabio the promoter like used to bring me out three or four times a year uh, but they're like one of the hidden gems of wrestling in the world like mm-hmm. the promotions itself are they're absolutely cracking one of their other top guys is a lad called akira who currently works for all japan pro wrestling yep so check him out he is fantastic um so yeah that match was incredible it's probably one of my longest matches i've ever been in i think it's like 40 odd minutes wow um and that was you know it was it was fantastic in the crowd as well like you'd think that an italian crowd would be a bit kind of like hit and miss but these guys are like half progress kind of fans and then kind of half i don't know how to describe it but they're crazy and it was mm-hmm. like the match I absolutely loved and the fans made it as well. Uh, the second match um, was for a promotion in Seattle in America called three to one battle. Okay. And I was in a five, a five way match against a guy called the whisper who works for Chikara. Um, mm-hmm. Zach Wentz, Zachary Wentz was mm-hmm. in it. Uh, Alex Zane, who's just been newly signed to NXT in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's the other one? Oh, a guy called flip Kendrick who's mm-hmm. probably in my honest opinion could outflip will which is we need a, fl- we need a flip off it has to happen is, which you think if you spoke to will and you said to him like oh will like do you know someone called shocker 333 or flip kendrick will would probably be like yes i've seen all his backyard stuff blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. but yeah like this this guy could probably outflip will um yeah that was that was a really good match it was um this promotion um they normally do shows in like a little gym, which is like where they do their training. And mm-hmm. this was like their big WrestleMania show called Battlemania. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was in like one of the, like quite a big music venue in Seattle. And there was like maybe 700, 800 people. So it was nice. getting close on one of like the biggest crowds I wrestled in front of as well. And like overall, it was just a really fun match. And uh, yeah. And I tell you what, if, if I'm getting a third match in, I'm going to probably say me versus Kip at IPW in Clapham. That was a match. That was a great match. Yeah. yeah. You just have chemistry to pair you. You do have chemistry with each other. I mean, it's another yarder, like mm. ex-yarder. And like I've known Kit for many, many years. Um, I mean, tell you what, that weekend, because that was on a Sunday, wasn't it? Yeah. The Saturday, the day before was when I wrestled Will. So for me, that weekend of matches was just 
was bang. like yeah big big bang of weekend of matches but um mm-hmm. yeah like I, I can't to to go off topic ever so slightly i can't express like even with will like how amazing it is to see will doing so well in japan but also mm-hmm. for simon how well simon's doing in america for aew you know it's yeah. he is well and truly deserves it mm-hmm, to be mm-hmm. on that platform um like you you've seen him work so many times and he's just mm-hmm. he's just an incredible worker and it doesn't matter which promotion he's wrestled at mm-hmm. he always gives 110 percent. so 100%, he, he yeah. well and well and truly deserves to be where he is i saw that man in an rcwa show in the middle of Raynham in that in that um church hall yeah. that we were talking about and the boy oozed charisma and i said it after the, i came back from that show it's the first time i've ever seen rcwa and i was yeah. in, really impressed and i just turned around and went that kid kip sabian keep an eye out for him he he's gonna make it he's gonna be big and here we are 2021 and fair play to him he's on national tele international television style yeah. now shall we say yeah um it's like i mean i haven't kept whole like completely up to date with what's happening on with AEW but what I have seen it's not even as if he's kind of you know oh we'll get him on a match every now and again he seems to be in quite a I'm not gonna say like I don't think he's like main eventer role but I think mm. for what I've what I've seen he's in a good position there which is yeah. fantastic like well he well and truly deserves it. Well yeah, and truly good, deserves it. Good guy to boot as well which is always a yeah. good thing. So um I'm gonna move on to um a big, obviously, you mentioned the um, the trips abroad a bit with the Italy. Obviously, I've seen you've done some good stuff with Body Slam Wrestling in Denmark. What do you think of them as a promotion? Because I obviously I didn't think that Denmark had such a like a decent scene in terms of like wrestling. No, nor nor did I, to be honest. And I'm going to thank Mr. Chuck Cyrus for this one because mm-hmm. there is, in all fairness, I'm just going to quickly. I'm just going to quickly go away for, I'm going to go back to body slam in a minute, but I'm just going to quickly say like Chuck has helped me out so much throughout my professional wrestling career that, Mm -hmm. you know, it would be unfair for me to say like, "Mm, he hasn't done much. He has, he's the amount of words that Chuck has said to promoters and got me bookings for shows. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Chuck is the one that said to, Simon that used to run SWA to book me, which if anyone who knows me will know that that's where I met Shan. Yeah. And where I am now. Um, but yeah, like Chuck, Chuck got me, got me so many bookings and I said, like even with body slam as well, the interesting thing about body slam is I'll do a quick story and then we'll talk about body slam. Cause I love <laughs> body slam. Um, was, so he got a booking for me, Chris Tyler and him, who were the three of us were supposed to go out there for our like our minor Chris's first time. Like he was Chuck was like the big international draw mm-hmm. for Body Slam. He'd been out there a few times. And on the way to the airport, we got a message from Chuck being like, not coming, guys. I've been knocked off the road by a drunk driver. Mm-hmm. Um, so my car smashed, not coming to the show. We we're like, oh christ so like we end up we, we we turn up at the show and you know we get picked up by a guy called brian that like ferries us around everywhere we go out for breakfast and it was fantastic and then we get to the venue and we're just like because me and chris were supposed to be in a tag match mm-hmm. and then just like right so we don't have a main event now 
And then I think I might have jokingly said to Brian, I was just like, look, why don't me, why don't we have like me versus Chris versus Michael, uh, who's a champion? Like just as a jokey thing, just mm. like, why don't, why don't you do that as the main event? Like, why don't we have it like as a TLC? Because I think they had like tape. Do they have tables there? I don't know if, if it was supposed to be a TLC anyway or what. Mm. I was like, why don't we just have it as like a TLC match or something? And Brian was just like, let me speak to Christian. Like, give me two moments. Mm. And then like later on, like Brian comes back. He's just like, yeah, it's probably going to be you three in a triple threat TLC match. We're just like, brilliant. Sweet debut main event. Why not? Um, why not? But, yeah, <laughs> but going back to Body Slam, once again, like, I know I said that, um, Rising Sun was like this hidden gem. I would also say that's exactly the same for Body Slam as well. Um, crowds are mental. Mm-hmm. Um, the venues that they're wrestling are all like awesome, unique music venues. Oh, lovely! And just and just like the the whole production of everything and um, just like the announcer. Oh, what's his name? I should know. It. I feel really bad because like he was such a nice guy as well. But like the way that he kind of I don't want to say riles up the crowd as if it's a negative thing, but the way that he gets the crowd going mm. before the show is incredible. I remember, me and Chris were like we planned. Sorry, I'm being very fishy. Um, we we were <laughs> planning the match and we were just like right. We had the majority of stuff down with Michael as well. Um, so the show, because of course where we main event, we had plenty of time if you wanted to add mm-hmm. stuff, take stuff away. So me and Chris were just like, right, let's let's see what the crowd are like because we're going mm-hmm. to we need to kind of suss out because if the crowd are like, don't buy into anything, we might be a wee bit lost. So we stood like, the way that the, you had the ring in the middle of the, in the music venue and then you had loads of people up on the stage so me and Chris kind of like hit at the back of the stage, uh, like behind the crowd. We're just like, right, first match. Let's see how they are. You know, like nine times out, I don't say nine times out of ten, but like, you know, like sometimes at shows, we'll go for sometimes at shows, you know, it's the first match and the crowd are a little bit dead and, you know, mm-hmm. you might take them a match or two for them to feed in. Like, so Chris and I are standing there and like, first thing, tie up, wrist lock. Someone reverses the wrist lock and they blew in and do like a flip bump. Crowd, mental. Me and Chris Brilliant. look at each and we go, this is going to be easy. And you know what? If they were they were absolutely mental, absolutely mental. And I had the privilege to be invited out um, three times overall. Mm-hmm. Again, like they just they take good care of you. The crowds are amazing. Like not all of them are like massive wrestling fans. They'll kind of mm-hmm. go there more for the experience of something different. You mm-hmm. know, like in the UK, we have so many promotions up and up and down the country. You know, you haven't really got to travel too far for there to be some sort of local show. But I yeah. think where there isn't really much wrestling in Denmark and it is something completely different, mm-hmm. people buy into it more and people are more, I mean, me and Chris both sold loads of merchandise, mm. even on like the second show in, that we went to in Copenhagen, sold loads of stuff. I mean, mind you, there was also Chris Brooks and Flash Morgan Webster were also on that show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's a really really good experience. The guys that run it are all super nice. They just mm-hmm. take care of you, and it's like don't get me wrong. That's not me knocking to say there are promoters that don't take care of you. But um, but yeah, real real good guys, mm. and I would definitely like. Of course, I'd love to go back to Denmark. I'd love to bring Shan and Willow to Denmark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're real real good, and I think they're on. They're on an on-demand service. I think they might be on WXW's one. Yes, they are. Yep. WXW have got that one with Rising Sun, who are also mm-hmm. on it. Um, 
so yeah so if anyone is watching this or listening is it is it video or is it just audio audio it's audio oh, that's fine mm. i don't i don't feel bad about fidgeting um <laughs> yeah um you know if, if anyone is listening to this definitely definitely take like watch watch body slam and watch rising sun and mm-hmm. they're definitely two promotions to also keep an eye out for when things get better yeah 100 percent, definitely definitely um now no bigger portion of your um well you had a little bit of a i'd call a good surgence of um face time in, in terms of the wrestling scene in two, 2017 through to about uh, 2019 and that was with the unfortunately now defunct defiant wrestling with you and um kelly six who are teaming up as the south Coast connection. Coast connection. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come about? Is this is this the link back to RCWA days? And I was gonna say it's just it's once again it's Will. It was mm-hmm. it was all down to Will. Um, what happened was WCPW did um, a show in Milton Keynes, and mm-hmm. I spoke to Will beforehand. I was just like, "Hey, dude, is there any chance I could be really cheeky and I could get some comp tickets?" Like, you know, I'm not normally that kind of person to to say that, but um, I asked, you know, what they say, don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. And he was like, for sure, man. How many tickets do you want? I was like, sweet. You know, blah, 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 two. There's either two or three. I don't know how many of my friends came with me. Uh, but yeah, he got me the tickets. Um, and then he came to, I think it was like a week later, there was a Hope Milton Keynes show that we did in mm-hmm. Bedford at a music venue and Will was wrestling Jay Garner. Um, and at the end of the show, I came up to like, I said hi to Will beforehand, but at the end of it, I was just like, hey, Will, just want to say um, thank you very much, man, for for the tickets for WCPW. And he was just like, I got you a booking for WCW. For, did I say WCW? WCPW, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, no, 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 man, you got me the tickets for WCPW and Milton Keynes. He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Did you realize I probably could get you booked for WCBW? And I was just like, Brilliant. oh man, like if you could, that'd be like, as in like a, a jokey kind of like, mm. yeah, man, if you could, then fantastic, bro. But yeah. <laughs> um, so then like we laughed and then, you know, I think we all pat down the ring and went home. Uh, and then I think the is either a week or two weeks later, or whenever it was, it was the RCWA show, which I want to say was the first time I met you because you mm-hmm. were doing promo photos. Mm-hmm. And Will pulls me and Josh aside and he's like, right, how quick do you think you guys could get gear made and mm-hmm. like a team name together? Which like, why? He's like, I've got you guys to book in against me and Scott two weeks time in London for WCPW. Josh and I are like, what? No, 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 no. Surely not. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like how literally how quick do you think you could get you guys like everything together? We're just like, oh, well, if it's in two weeks' time, two weeks' time, I guess. Mm. So like, me and Josh are like, oh, my God, is this actually happening? So, yeah, it did actually happen. We we came up with a name. Well, Josh came up with a name, and I'll be 100% honest, we came up with so many different ideas. When Josh came up with it, I was just like, yeah, that's fine. Just, just, <laughs> we're just Run going through it. it. <laughs> like, we're, yeah, like, we're, we're, getting, we're getting short on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had to like Josh came up with gear as well. I want to get like I'm not saying like oh Josh did everything. Josh did quite a lot, and I think I was just a little bit more like if we start going back and forwards with stuff, are we going to lose time because we still need to find a gear maker to make all the stuff? And we need to come up with mm-hmm. this idea. So Josh kind of went right, 
right, why don't we do purple trunks, not trunks, probably purple tights. We'll have the black and white, like down the side, like the stripes down the side, which is the same as like, because I had my trunks I used to wrestle. I had like the generic, like black and then like two mm-hmm. strips of white down the side. Yep. So it was like, right, we'll do that. And then on the ass, we'll have the, like, you know, the jean, like kind of weird square and triangle, you know, we have yep. on, the, on the back of a pair of jeans. We'll have that because Josh had that on his tights. And it was like, and what we'll do is we'll have AD on mine and then KS on the, on like the two pockets, back pockets. And then we'll just get white kickback covers and we'll just have SCC written on them. Mm-hmm. Sweet. We'll do that. So I forgot who the gear maker was, but it was someone who lives in Wales. And what happened was to cut a long story short, ended up having to pick them up from the woman. I think she was in Newport. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up having to pick them up from hers and bring them to the show for mm-hmm. us to then see them for the first time and then put them on and wear them for the match. So oh, there wow. was no, there was no like, oh, you know, oh, this that's a bit wrong. This is a bit too big. That's it. Was literally whatever's in those bags. When we pull them out, we have to put them on, and that's what we're wearing. And luckily, they were fine. Good job, they were a pair was... of budgie smugglers, then, weren't they? <laughs> yes <laughs> oh god yeah you know yes it, that was that was it was in a way terrifying and then we went out there and we said so we it was me and josh against swords of essex and we were announced as like came out and they did a promo about how they saw these two young lads which is funny because both josh and i are considerably older than will but um he was just like oh you know saw these two young lads like setting the ring up and you know helping out like oh right right why don't we give him a chance you guys can come down we'll give you a chance at like the tag belts so then josh and i come out like no music or anything i don't think we had music um you know not i'm not gonna say not looking in great shape because we're both we're both worse now <laughs> but like you know not ripped or anything like that we kind of just come out and then we put on this this match and i remember like we did this dumb reverse rana spot and i think it ended up with me hitting like the double you know my double underhook destroyer or whatever mm-hmm. it was i remember like doing like this big double down i guess or fall down and just everyone chanting this is awesome and i was like shit like this is this is real this is happening mm-hmm. kind of thing um but yeah i mean we had one this is like another thing i could probably talk about defiant slash wcpw for quite a while so i'll try and be quite quick not don't i'm not saying it in a negative way but like Mm -hmm. especially in the wcpw days and the early defined days Mm -hmm. we it was very kind of like we were bought in every now and again Mm -hmm. um mind you we so we had a very small run where we faced um Oh, I forgot what they were called. It was like Joe Hendry was the leader of it. And then they had like BT Gunn was in it and a few other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we had a, a very small run with those guys. And I don't think it, anything really could have... Oh, the payoff, sorry. The payoff was the final ever WCPW loaded show in Manchester. Mm-hmm. So there was... Well, let me see if I can get this right. It was Joe Hendry, BT Gunn, and I want to say somebody else that was in there. Mm-hmm in their group and then there was me josh will and then there was the young bucks mm. so for me like especially for me and josh we're just like <laughs> yeah like yeah we, we literally get to fucking wrestle the young bucks i remember like the end spot was joe 
gave me a lariat, like a big lariat. And I like did a big dumb bump on the top of my head. And then he gave me his finisher. And then uh, like he won, but reading through the YouTube comments, my God, the WCPW fans, there's something else. Mm. They're like proper like, oh, he legitimately got knocked out. I bet he was supposed to kick out. Ooh, like, oh, he fucked up the ending and all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, I didn't. That was that nope. was the ending. <laughs> that was legitimately the ending. But, wow. um, but yeah, you know, and then like even afterwards or when they did the Defiant, they didn't really like, they brought Josh and I in, I think maybe once or twice and then nothing kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember one, uh, they, we had the IPW crossover, you know, yep. the, you know, Invasion. the internet. You know the ins and outs of that, right? Don't you? Vaguely, <laughs> vaguely. Mr. Wood didn't tell me all the details. <laughs> I think I think that's all we need to know, <laughs> Mr. Wood. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, not knocking Billy, but I think yeah. I, I think it's like I think it might be Chinese whispers. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, this is what happened, and to find that mm. I didn't. But you know, I've heard something. But um, yeah, they they kind of brought us in for that. They gave us this fun, very fun run with. Uh, the Hunter Brothers, mm-hmm. which definitely the most underrated tag team in the UK. Mm. Uh, I think they're absolutely amazing guys to work with and two mm-hmm. very lovely guys as well. Um, but yeah, we had like a, a little run with them, which had a brilliant payoff. Um, and then they didn't really use us. But what they did was they got everyone to, because they just switched to Defiant, they got everyone to record like these segments be like you know i am defiant i am defiant like to a camera so then they, they called josh and i in and we we stood in front of the camera so you know i am defiant and then they did like the big relaunch and there's me and josh like josh sent me the video and like with an unhappy face i'm like why why the unhappy face so we watched mm-hmm. the relaunch video of like everyone saying i'm defiant and i'm going am i next 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 and running through everyone and then like defiant logo comes up and i'm like josh we got missed. We didn't get put in, did we? He's like, nope, no, we didn't. Oh, so for us, for us it, it was, it was gutting because, of course, like we thought that we were hopefully going to be like in the long run with them. So to be missed mm-hmm. out. But the, the, I think the saddest thing for us was the fact that where we got asked to record, but then weren't included in it, was mm. just like, oh, brilliant, they don't want us. Mm. Um, and yeah, they, they didn't use us for quite a while, and then. I guess I guess you could say I don't want to say like the start of the end, but uh, I guess you could say it was the start of the end. I think they had a bit of a break, mm-hmm. and then they came back, and that's when they started. They did the first few loaded tapings in the O2 Academy in Newcastle mm-hmm. because they had Pack was like yeah. making his debut, um, and then that's that's when they kind of like, in a way, started giving us the ball and kind of put a bit of a shine on me and Josh. Like, I think Josh might have approached them and been to Dan and was just like, look, we don't, well, I don't think it was a case of we don't want to do the whole like SCC purple gear anymore. But he was just like, look, why don't we play off the fact that we are, we got our success because of Will. We mm-hmm. are Will's mates. This is the mm-hmm. reason why we're here is because, and the original idea was that we were going to run with that for quite a while. And then eventually Will were going to, come back like we were just gonna be running our mouths off and like if we got into trouble we'd be like oh wait till we're here will hears about this and all this kind of stuff and then it was eventually going to turn out that will never did hear about anything and he's just like why are you guys running like why are you guys kind of using my name for your benefit Mm -hmm. um but i think 
something to do with Will and New Japan. I think Will like, might have signed a new contract for New Japan, so he couldn't mm-hmm. do the the kind of what culture or defiant shows and all that kind of bits and bobs. Um, so yeah, so then that that got dropped, but we still kind of mm-hmm. ran with the whole being Will's mates. And then as time went on, um, that kind of fizzled out and we were just kind of ourselves. We were just the two mm-hmm. annoying cocky lads. Uh, and we had a small run with the, what are they called? You know, the, oh, not British Bulldogs. What are they called? It's Dynamite Kids nephews. The Billington. Billingtons, that's it. Mm-hmm. The Billingtons. We had a small run with them. I'm not really going to talk much about them. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard things about the Billington boys. I'm not going to knock them. I'm not going to knock them because the two boys, evidently how they've been taught is of a very old school style. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for them to be, I mean, Josh and I, we we kind of, not going to be like, oh, we weren't easy on them, but like we, we kind of made things easy for them to, to understand, like with attack match. Um, but I think they rustled a few feathers with a few other people. Mm-hmm. Um, Aussie Open being one of them, but that's that's for another time. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, I saw a video of, um, I think it was Tom uploaded the other day, and to not sound like I'm saying, oh, do what your uncle did, but he looks like he needs to go to Japan and train out there and just be, like, his physique as well is... Mm-hmm. He looks like he's been hitting the gym. <laughs> I think yeah. it's Tom. Mm. It was Tom was a mark. It's one of them. It's the one that's the one that looks like the dynamite kid. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, and I think they were just where they've been taught a certain style, and then everybody else is doing this different style. They didn't kind of click with some people. But mm. um, yeah, we had a small run with them, uh, and then of course we got given the tag belts. We wrestled yeah. Aussie Open a load of times. Now, one of the downside all i'm gonna say of like our run in defiant was where we were doing the loaded tapings mm-hmm. every month um the loading tapings were like between three and four shows mm-hmm. so if you could imagine each match is three to four minutes and then the main event match of like the show would be seven or eight minutes so normally anyone could if you're wrestling aussie open you'll mm-hmm. probably have potentially match of the night because mm-hmm. those lads are, they're incredible. But where Josh and I were kind of just having more storyline based matches, mm-hmm. I think maybe not even just for us, but I think like as the shows as a whole, a lot of people were saying like, we're not really getting, we're getting too much, but too little at the same time. Yeah. So makes, yeah. So for match quality, we're not really, you know, just a few bits here and there and blah 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 blah. Okay, right, next match, blah blah blah, blah next match, blah, blah blah next match. Okay, right, it's gonna be the main event of taping number one. Okay, that runs on for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And it, it it was sad to see them go from like the O2 Academy in Newcastle to then downstairs at the the student union. Mm-hmm. And then like as the tapings went on you could see the numbers getting lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did, they did the final like pay-per-view show where Josh and I wrestled Benji and Visage, which we had a fun ladder match. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like a, it was almost like everyone was saying, right, this is going to be the new, the new 
defiant wrestling you know new tag champs i think there might be an did simon win the simon miller win the internet belt i'm not sure whatever but one was just like right this is gonna be a brand new start the problem was there was talk around the locker room that day like half the people were saying no no this is the end this is gonna be the last show mm. and others were saying i don't know we've got dates for next year like they're gonna have a break but then next year they're gonna start mm. and then yeah i think it was like a month or so or whatever long it was later on they announced that they were they were ceasing operations shall we say mm. so so for me and josh you know it was a shame because like even like Sham came with me to all all like the tapings and all the pay-per-view shows and all that kind of stuff. And we enjoyed we enjoyed taking the road trip up. I'm sure Billy, mm-hmm. the uh, the ref didn't because he came from Southampton, I think it was, to pick mm-hmm. me up in Bedford. Well, Josh in London, me in Bedford, and then going up to Newcastle. But it, it was, yeah, it was a long day. But mm-hmm. um it, it was just a, it was just a it was a fun experience. Like even like everyone in the in the backstage and even like management and everything, everyone was super nice to us. They gave like like on the last run, they they did give us really good opportunities. We got to wrestle Jody and Johnny. We got to wrestle Team White Wolf twice. We got to wrestle, I said, Aussie Open a few times, even though they weren't like big matches. We still got to mm-hmm. work with the two lads. So we 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 got it really good, to be honest. And the fact that they even gave us the belts as well, like, was crazy. It was really mm-hmm. mental. It's but a it shame because was- I say it's a shame with um, Defiant because they were unfortunately were killed by YouTube just purely as soon as the money went from youtube and wrestling the monetizing wrestling that was it like it was a shame you could see the the nosedive as soon as that money got pulled yeah yeah you're you're 100 right there you could you could tell that it went down um i think the other factors were when the we'll call them the what culture lads went uh i think that took a massive following with them because mm-hmm. I remember reading comments, people saying like, oh, bring back Pachiti and all them lot, like all these other people. And like people would re- re- reply back being like, but they're not the wrestlers. Mm. But if they are the people that are bringing in the viewers, yeah. say, then yeah. And I think the other problem was, um, as you were saying, I think where, where YouTube just went wrestling, do one. With your mm-hmm. with your money making, yeah, that definitely hit them. But I, th- I think it is definitely a combination of things. I've, other people said about the fact that they spanked all their money on the World Cup. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, I mean, they probably spent a lot of money on that. But I can imagine that they probably made a lot of money back from YouTube and ticket sales mm. because I went to the Milton Keynes um, show, which I think was either round of, tw- I think it was round of twelve. Round twelve, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Or whoever, whichever round it yeah. was, that was uh, Will versus Rey Mysterio. Um, yeah, like that was absolutely packed, um, mm. and that was fun because the, I think it was the, either the next day or a few days later, Josh and I then joined the, I guess you could say, road trip. Uh, mm-hmm. That what what culture provided? They put all of us, like all the wrestlers, up in a nice hotel in Manchester. Then they got a mm-hmm. coach to take everyone to all the shows. I think there was a show in Chef was a Sheffield. It was yeah, I think it was like a show in Sheffield, a show somewhere mm. else, and then back up to Manchester again for like the final night. And it was no, it wasn't, it was I think it was Manchester, Sheffield and Newcastle. Uh, because the final was Will and Krishida and then me and Josh mm. were ringside. But yeah, I think I think they definitely they definitely spent a lot of money. 
Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, I think once YouTube just said, look, you don't get money for this anymore. And I was saying like crowds were getting lower. They bought pack in, which I definitely think like boosted a bit of sales and boosted a bit of numbers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I think it's even before that, I remember when we, when we did the show back down, it was one of the IPW crossover shows in, yeah. oh, can you remember the theater in London? Uh, the one in the Elephant Castle. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I went to that one. I remember that one. Yeah, because I remember Billy leaving like as the show started because he was just like, "Oh, Crystal Palace are playing today, so uh, <laughs> I've done my opening promo. I'm heading off now." But um, yeah, I remember. Um, oh, it's gonna. It's really gonna annoy me the fact I can't remember the name of the theatre. But um, wasn't the Roundhouse? Was it? No, no, no. It was. I'll, I'll remember it after. After we finished, I'll probably be like, mm. that's what it was. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember like, because that was the same place that Josh and I made our debut and it was like absolutely rammed. But when we did the one with the IPW crossover, I remember like mm-hmm. walking out and just thinking like, oh, there seems to be a lot less people here than there was mm. last time. I think it was the same venue that Lucha Forever did their London show. Call it. That's it. The cornet. There you go. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was it was gutting, but you know, as as a whole, the experience with what culture and Defiant mm-hmm. was fantastic, and it it is a massive shame that um yeah that they had to call it a day mm, because and also 100%. for me it was it was just another promotion that folded, which means that I couldn't wrestle like a yeah. one less booking per month or even mm. two because of course if they had a a, a super show on then. That's two bookings gone, but mm. it is what it is. It is what it is, indeed. Now, one of the feuds I remember you from, like obviously you were saying about the feuds you were doing in um, um, Defiant and What Culture, but one of my main feuds I'd seen you in is your Fight Nation feud with the one with the Wonder Kid Johnny Storm. Now that that heat, were you and Johnny? It's just something else in Milton Keynes, isn't it? At Unit Nine. Yeah, yeah, it is, you know. <sighs> I don't even know where to start with Johnny. I'm not I'm like, I don't mean that in a negative way. Like, I mean mm. it in a positive way. Like, it's, for me, to be able to work as closely as I have with Johnny is mm. as silly as it sounds. I grew up watching a lot of CZW. And I remember when I was younger, me and a few of my mates, we got a hold of the best of the best show with Jody versus Johnny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to see, to see those guys wrestle then. And even, can you remember, was it, no, what do I say? Wrestle T was it wrestle TV? I remember on sky many, many, many years ago, the wrestling channel, a, the, the wrestling channel, of course. It's been, <laughs> It's for itself, doesn't it? It's yeah, the wrestling channel. <laughs> yeah, I remember like and seeing because they used to have um I used to watch FWA. Mm. I used to absolutely love FWA and of course seeing Johnny and Jody on there. And like of course me being like when I was younger, being smaller, being a high flying guy, I always kind of like silly as it sounds, looked up to both of them. Mm. So so to be able to work so closely with Johnny as well. And like I've had a few really fun matches with Johnny and even like wrestling with him and just the amount of heat that he gets as you were saying yeah. Milton Keynes is absolutely like the guy can walk out there and say nothing 
The guy can walk out there and do nothing, and they just hate him straight off the bat. And it's just the, he's just he's just fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's he's fantastic. There's two people that I know when the first beat of their music hits, all you hear is a level of booze. One's Johnny Storm at Milton Keynes. The other one is Nina Samuels at Pro Wrestling Eve. You hear the first beat of her music, the whole place. Obviously, in Milton Keynes, is a little bit a few more explosives in there as well. But <laughs> yeah. the, the first beat of the, the beat of the music, you just hear a chorus of boos across the, yeah. the whole of the venue. It's only two people I know get that level of heat <laughs> in Brit Rest. It's fantastic. Wow. I'm sure there will be probably more people now. Uh, <laughs> other, no, the thing is, they they probably won't be showing their faces. But um, no, <laughs> I uh, don't think they'll be booked. There's a really that no, way. <laughs> no, I don't think they will. But um, yeah, you know, Johnny is the other thing I like about Johnny. I mean, I've heard stories. I'm not going to say like horrible stories about Johnny or him being a horrible person. I haven't I heard stories that you know from a few people that Johnny can turn up a wee bit late. You know spend quite a lot of his time at his merch desk and then kind of when you go to plan with him he's a bit kind of whatever Mm. so i remember like the first time being told that i'm wrestling johnny i was just like oh no is he gonna turn up late like i can't yeah i'm i'm not i'm not gonna say i hate it when people turn up late because sometimes these things happen but like yeah i'm one of these kind of people where i want to get there i want to plan asap because I, I run the match through my head so many times, so many times mm-hmm. and so many times. So sometimes to the point where I'm just like, I've forgotten what I'm doing because I've done it so many times. Yeah, like I was worried that Johnny was going to be like late and stuff, but now he's absolutely fantastic. And he's also, I feel like Johnny, Johnny and Jody, both two absolutely lovely guys, really, mm-hmm. really nice. I don't know if you've got different experiences with them, but like two really nice guys. And I feel like they're the kind of people that would probably have the right to turn around and be dicks because they're British legends. Not to say that you should be dicks, but you know, you know, sometimes when someone's a high prestige and you kind of think like, Oh, you know, I guess, I guess they can get away with being that because of who they are. I just feel like mm-hmm. they're just both really, really nice guys, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to say, Oh, it's, it's, it's hard to find nice people in British wrestling, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure we've both come across people that you kind of think, mm, okay, right. That's a bit of a, but no, I don't. Put them on that... the checklist of people I don't like. Yeah, yeah. don't worry. Yeah. I have two. I have a two. I have a couple of checklists, but I, I, I shall not name some names. But, um, I keep I keep my secrets. You should know me by now, Mister Dunn. <laughs> oh, I was going to say we'll wait till we're off air, then you can tell me. But yeah, <laughs> the, the ones that won't be getting a Christmas uh, card. But no, 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 yes. no. I don't... But yeah, no, they're definitely in legend status. So I have to say that hundred percent. Yeah, so but they're both they're both very nice guys, and yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with Johnny. I think he's mm. a brilliant worker, amazing guy. It's crazy the amount of heat he gets, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Hopefully, hopefully in the future, I can wrestle both Jody and Johnny again at some point. Well, Jody was the, the person that got me into British wrestling. He is the guy that got me into British wrestling, um, all the way back from uh, British wrestling revival because I, I I went to that show live, um. And obviously, uh, Jody won the, the the tournament. Got the medal presented by Tom uh, Billington and the Dynamite Kid. And I just saw this guy, and I was like, Jesus! What the stuff that he was doing was like leaps and bounds, and that. Um, obviously, also on that show was Brian Christopher and Eddie Guerrero. 
yeah. which is just like for me, like, going, oh my God, I'm seeing Eddie Guerrero alive. This is ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, um, and he wasn't with WWE at that point. Um, but Eddie drew me in. Jody got me hooked. That's what I keep, yeah. that's what I say, people. And so, so many people, if you haven't seen Jody from like back in the earlier days, sort of from 2002 when he was at his peak, say he looks like his peak, he looks, he looks the exact same now as he did back then, but like, you don't Double, see two times bigger, <laughs> but two times the size and could still do the moves that he did back then. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, check it out. See if you can find Jody Johnny from CZW. You know, that was the yeah. match. I think that put them on the map. You know what I mean? It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. That, that was absolutely incredible match. Um, I mean, it's part of me kind of wishes. I like, I know this is very easy for me to say, but part of me really wishes that I could have like been in the FWA era. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like I remember watching it on the wrestling channel and then seeing like Paul Burchill. Like that kind of made me really upset when I saw him go off to WWE and just nothing happened with him. Cause I remember seeing him. Did you watch much FWA? Oh yeah. I, I went, I was there. Awesome. You know, I, I was there with it. So and like seeing the beast that was Paul Burchill with Dean Ayers as his manager as well, you know, Mr. Burchill makes no apologies for any broken bones. He leaves, you know, it's ridiculous. It's those sort of promos I can still remember. Um, Steve Carino, I saw live at FWA. You know, it's that yeah. sort of brilliant era. Yeah, like part of me wishes that I could, I could have like been been in that era, if that makes mm. sense. Um, but like for me, the, the way that I look at Brit Wrestling might be the wrong way, but I kind of feel like Brit Wrestling, I mean, you've had all the old world of sport days and all, all those legends. And I kind of feel like, if you know, if I'm wrong, tell me. But like, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like FWA came, FWA then, I don't know why they folded or whatever, but I kind of feel like between then and then maybe, I guess you could say, what, 2015, 2014, maybe a bit later is when Brit mm-hmm. Rest kind of started going back up again. I feel like there was a I massive, agree. massive dip. Um, I mean, I'm sure Brit Rest was still going. Well, it was still going, but I, I don't know. I just feel like for me, for what I saw anyway, was like once FWA died, Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who was was it? Like one PW popped up, and then you had was IPW was going then, wasn't it? Two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. So when did FWA fold? Um, I think it was two thousand eight officially. Let me just. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna check now because you you've got me thinking. Um, because it did come back as well. But they, they did. It did have a resurgence. There was a. A new bringer on the hang on first run closure. Da, 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 da. March two thousand and seven was the official fold because we had FWA versus IPW. Yes, yes, with I the loser, loser promotion closes. Yeah, yeah, because I can remember that. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel that. I mean, I'm sure IPW kind of just floated along and did all their shows and whatnot. But I, don't, I for me, I kind of feel that maybe. 2015 was maybe the start of Brit Rest kind of getting back into that important where people like, I guess you could say when eyes, when eyes were back on England and looking yep. at like, I guess you had promotions. I mean, I know that Fight Club had been going for a while. I went to mm-hmm. Project Mayhem 1 and 2 mm-hmm. in the planet. No, not, not called the planet. It's just called Planet Nightclub in Wolverhampton. Because mm. because <laughs> CZW were there because once again like absolutely love CZW so I went to went to go watch those shows um, 
But I mean, even just seeing how how far Fight Club have come, you know, they were yep. the, they were massive. Um, even like with their massive tournaments and everything over the past few years was incredible. <laughs> Watching progress just go, yeah, was like absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like I can't. I legitimately can't think of off the top of my head after after Ray folded any like big promotions that kind of like stood out for ages. But at the same time, I wasn't really paying attention to British wrestling then. I'd say you're right. I'd say probably the next big boom, like Scotland had ICW sort of blipping away, but then the Scottish scene was different to what it was, should we say, down south of the border. Um, but then I think the next two big things that came out of it was Progress and Red Pro, because Red Pro did the split in um, 2012, I want to say. Um, away from IPW and then and- Andy just sit- literally grabbed that ball and ran with it and he knew what he wanted and he went with it and he's got a lovely little tie up now with New Japan and it's it's going well for him like wishing best of luck sort of thing yeah 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 definitely I mean, you know what that was pretty silly of me to completely forget about Rev Pro. like I think you know it is incredible the, as you said like the links that the tie that they've got with New Japan you know amazing absolutely mm. amazing um, yeah, it, it, it's fantastic to see, you know, British wrestling get back on the rise. From a question to you, <laughs> which I think is a is a quite of a, like we both know the answer to it, but do you think that British wrestling, and I think it'd be silly if you say no, has taken a massive knock because of what happened with the Speak Out? Was Speak Out? Was well, Speak Out, wasn't it? Speaking Out. Yeah, it has, 100%. Because... Yeah. Um, it's taken a massive knock, and in my opinion, it, it's it was sort of kind of needed anyway. Yeah. If it hadn't happened, I think there would have been a, re, a, re, a retraction in the scene anyway because it was getting very crowded. Yeah. As you said, you know, you could get um, – you could have a lot of wrestling promotions. Like, obviously, I was only naming a few, but, like, you, you also have an all-star running – Several several nights a week, um, yeah. Progress, Rev Pro, ICW, OTT, Four FW. The list goes on. Like I'm running out of fingers to name promotions, and anyone could start a promotion up. But I could go down to council say I need an events license tomorrow. Get my license. Get the insurance from the um, from um, the venue get my music licenses and off I go and run a show with speaking out. And then obviously subsequently what's come from speaking out with the, um, the stuff with equity and the stuff with, um, you know, other, other, other things like that with like um, p- different protections to put in place. It's got to be a positive for the scene, but it, it hopefully is getting rid of some of the sordid characters that we know we've all unfortunately we've all met we've all yeah. seen over the years um not necessarily knew that they were sordid at the time but always sort of been the ones of keep an eye on that one stay away from that person and maybe it's got rid of some of them or at least they've been pushed maybe get pushed underground so they're not in the mainstream anymore now yeah the protection of people has got to be the priority for all of this definitely definitely i remember like um 
I, I mean, I've always thought, I mean, of course, the protection of people with to do with safeguarding people, of course, mm-hmm. is like with, I think it's like, I, I understand every point where everyone, everyone has said, mm-hmm. but there have been, like I'm, I'm, this is definitely not, not me excusing anything because I'm definitely not, but you know, there are certain female wrestlers that are more than happy to get changed in guys locker rooms and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff but you know the thing is they might be happy to get changed but at the same time they don't know and then this is cds is not cds it sounds but they don't know who's actually looking at them yeah so there'll be nine there'll be 99 of wrestlers will well, maybe not 99 that's probably too high but there'll be a very 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 high percent of wrestlers that of course they they respect that person and if they are getting changed we'll either turn around and say look we'll step out yeah you guys get or you know some some people will just they'll go get changed in the toilets but even mm-hmm. the ones that are just like no nah, nah, i'll get changed the the respectable lads are the ones that will just kind of go right we'll we'll step out or we'll just kind of turn away so mm-hmm. you've got your own privacy but um but yeah like I, I, I definitely think you know safeguarding is a very key thing another thing which i i don't really think majority of promotions i don't say majority but quite a lot of promotions that i've certainly been to don't have anything to do with first aid there oh yeah this is the big you know and it's 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 really bad because like so like when i fractured my foot as far as i remember like i didn't have anyone first aid wise come across and check it out and i i ended up icing it because i was just like i know it hurts it needs to be mm-hmm. sorted but i took a bump once i was wrestling for absolute wrestling in mm-hmm. newcastle and I used to do like this homicide dive, which is like a like a suicide dive, but a front flip. And my feet, my heels hit the ropes. And where the ropes were so tight, normally, like if I did it in the Hope Mill and Keen's ring, the, the ropes were so loose. If, if if my toes or anything or heels hit the ropes, they just go bong. But where mm-hmm. the ropes were so tight, like my heels or toes, wherever it was, hit the ropes. I went straight down and landed on the back of my head. To be honest, I don't, I don't know how I didn't die. But mm. I managed to do the rest of the um the match, and then afterwards, like I I got taken really good care of by I think it's one of the the promoters partners was either I don't know if she is a nurse or she was trained in first aid, but she knew exactly what to do, and she just she looked after me. She gave me a big mm. pun of grapes to eat, so I was happy mm-hmm. about that. Um, but yeah, I was like I was I was looked after. But you go to other shows, and people just don't have a clue or there mm. isn't someone that's first aid trained there, which is bad. Um, I remember when like going off topic slightly, when you were saying that anyone could start a promotion and it's absolutely mm. true. Anyone can. And then the amount of like, I'm not knocking any promotions, but there are a lot of promotions in the UK that are fan ran. Should we yep. say ones that go, I can do that. I can, yep. I can put on a show. And you know what? You can put on a show. You know, you could book the card however you want to do. And there are some that know how to do it and there's some that just didn't work out well mm. for them. But I mean, mm. like, even when when we decided, me and Lee decided to start Sacrifice mm-hmm. was because we wanted to get away from Hope Milton Keynes. Um, and once again, it was just ring up the venue, ring up the council. The things, one of the things the council did say to us was, have you got someone who is medically trained there? Yeah. Which we did. We made sure that for all the shows that we did have someone that was medically trained, 
I mean, mind you, they weren't St. John's ambulance, but they were, I think, I think one of them actually was a nurse. So they mm-hmm. knew what they were doing, but you know, that must mean that other promotions, when they say, have you got someone that's first day trained there? They go, yeah, when really they don't. No, there's no checks and balances on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my, I know this is, I know this is a little bit different. This is just a very small pet peeve. Mm-hmm. Promotions and promoters that do not provide water. For me, it's, it's, I'm not gonna say it's the be all and end all. Like that's not me saying like I'm never gonna work for a promotion if they don't provide water. Mm. But I just think it's such a, it's such a basic, and cheap thing. Like, does it really cost too much for you to go? Tell you what, I'm gonna pop to Sainsbury's or Tesco's or wherever and pick up six crates of twenty four waters, whatever, for mm. like two quid each. Like, I know it's. I know you could say, well, you could go to the bar and get some water, but it, it's. <sighs> I don't know. The thing is, I've been to some promotions and they just. They, you know, they've got cookies and they've, I went to DNA and they had vegan chili and it was just, you know, some guys just put a spread on and some people can't even give you a bottle of water, but yeah, for me. The sake of what is to me, three quid for a couple of crates of water from Costco. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it it makes a difference. You know, you're coming back, you're hot and sweaty you got, there's a, grab a bottle of water and off you go. You're good. You know, you are good to go. So no, I completely, I completely agree. It's a, it's a simple, it's a simple gesture. It really is, and it's sort of saying, look, I value you for what you're doing out there. I know it's not a lot, but it's a bottle of water at the end of the day. So, yeah. you know, I completely get that. So, okay, cool. Um, so before we wrap up, um, Ash, um, I'm going to ask you, what is the one hope that you have for British wrestling coming out of the pandemic and out of um, speaking out? What's the one thing you'd hope and wish for from this? Um, probably is just for everyone to be safe mm-hmm. in so to be safeguarded the fact that if there's an injury that people can be looked after the fact that i'm also hoping that promoters once again i'm not knocking anyone but promoters will start actually taking more care of their workers and not just seeing them as mates but you know mm-hmm. we are we are to an extent an employee so getting paid on time which I'm hoping, which you, which you'd think would be a given, but mm. but yeah, I just hope that every everything works out well. I hope that just no more CD people, no more CD people. Let's get rid of the CD people, definitely. Get them out, hundred percent. Ashley, my dear, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, thank pleasure. you for catching up with me, and um, let's let's catch up when the world is reopened again tell the lovely people when uh where they can catch you on the old social medias so um i believe my social media is either tm ashley dunn or the mind sweeper ashley dunn on instagram and facebook awesome wonderful thank you so much for your time thank you brilliant come back ladies and gentlemen what did you think of that this is one of these chats that just span off and span into other avenues and other conversations and I really do feel that we got a different viewpoint on things especially with Ashley's background in backyard wrestling it's a different way of looking at how to start your wrestling career I'm not saying it's a recommended way of looking to start off your wrestling career because of the knocks and the regulations and or you know the injuries along the way you heard um, Ashley even say about one of his worst injuries being um, in backyard wrestling, but a lot of people who have now turned pro 
did start in backyarding. So it isn't something to completely dismiss of if you've ever been a backyard wrestler, you can't be deemed a professional wrestler at any point. No, not at all. But it was definitely a different insight look into how to start a career. And obviously he has transitioned into pro very well, as have others from that era. So I really enjoyed that chat. It's an interesting viewpoint to see how he felt maybe he was born in the wrong era of wrestling, shall we say, and would have liked to have been around in the FWA era. If you get the opportunity, guys, have a look on YouTube, some of the FWA things. Especially, I'm going to mention this now because of our guest next week is Mr. Dean Ayers, the twisted genius himself, who obviously was a manager and various other elements during his time with FWA and managed Mr. Paul Burchill during his time. So it's definitely one to uh, brush up on, shall we say, between now and next week. I'm going to let you go because this was a bit of a long one. I can definitely tell you that. And enjoy the rest of your week, and I will see you next Sunday. See you soon.